Welcome to What's Your Real Job? If you're in ministry, you've likely heard that question more than you'd like. In this podcast, we discuss all things ministry, the struggles, the triumphs, and even the annoying questions. I'm your host, Rosa Wuku. Let's jump right in. everyone. So this is my very first podcast. I'm super excited about it. Um, My husband said that he's excited because I get to just talk and that's what I love to do. So (laughs) I guess instead of talking his ear off all day, I get to just kind of come in here, my own little space and talk to you guys. So it's pretty fun. I'll still be talking his ear off later though. Don't worry. But anyway, I love to talk and this is something that I don't know why I haven't started before. I do YouTube and lots of other things, but I've never done a podcast. So I'm really excited. Thank you for listening to this today. I hope you're all doing great in this time of quarantine and everything that's going on, self-isolation. I hope everybody's staying safe and healthy. But I just kind of wanted to start this first one out just kind of as an introduction to myself, who I am. My name is Rose Owuku. Um, I am married to my very best friend in the world, and I love him so much. His name is Manny, and he's actually from London, England, which is always kind of what we like to lead with because um, that's a lot more interesting than me as a little country girl to most people. So anyway, he's amazing, and um, we actually went, I, I went to London for the first time this past fall, and so uh, after this quarantine, we're definitely going to be making our plans to go back and visit family and everything. So that's pretty exciting to most Americans anyways from London. But anyway, um, I am 24 years old. We are currently living in a small town in Northeast Texas and uh, we are worship and tech pastors. We actually are husband and wife team. We get to work together and do uh, this whole ministry thing together. So it's incredible. It's such a blessing. And so I think I already said this, I'm 24. and yeah, we're living in Texas right now. We lived in Santa Fe, New Mexico for a couple years. We were uh, doing the whole ministry thing there as well. Santa Fe is a beautiful, beautiful city. We love it so much there and really want to plan a trip to visit there when this is all over with as well. But anyway, lived there for a couple years. I was born and raised, uh, kind of going backwards here, but I was born and raised in a small town, very small town in Indiana. And so I am a Midwestern country girl that was raised quite literally in the middle of a cornfield. So that's kind of, if you've ever been through Indiana, you may not even remember it if you have, but a lot of cornfields. That's pretty much all we've got there. But um, home is home and it's such a blessing whenever we get to go back and visit our Indiana family. My family is still is still there. So trying to get some of them to move out to Texas with us, but that hasn't happened quite yet. So anyway, I am you know, originally from Indiana, started this whole ministry thing at a really young age. I uh, walked into church with my parents. I was raised in church, really blessed with that. But I walked into church and saw um, the worship leader, a lady, uh, a girl leading worship. And I looked over at my mom and I said, I'm going to do that when I grow up. That's what I'm going to do. And I was just a kid. I mean, at that time, I had no idea, you know, that this was a job, that this was really a thing that people did. Uh, You know, as a kid, I don't think you understand what a job is. You know, you're just kind of that looks fun and I want to do it. And so my parents were always so supportive of me and everything that I wanted to do. um, You have never seen like more supportive 
parents they're amazing I hope to be half the parent that they've been to me but anyway they were just like yeah do it you know that that'd be amazing and so um I I started just you know in a youth group um I had been like doing little performances I I won this little songwriting contest when I was six and that song is hysterical but I did win a little contest and so that kind of you know amped me up a little bit and um so anyway I started going to this youth group when I was actually even too young to go to the youth group But the youth pastor, who is still to this day one of my greatest heroes, he actually told me, hey, if you come to our youth group, because at that time I was real shy. Excuse me. At that time, I was real shy and, you know, just kind of, I don't know, didn't really want to go to the youth group, to be totally honest. Just my personality. I'm I'm just kind of, you know. I'm good kind of personality. So I um, didn't really want to go. And the youth pastor told me, hey, if you come to the youth group, we saw some pictures of you on MySpace, which who remembers MySpace? Yes. Um, but we saw some pictures of you on MySpace singing. And he was like, so you sing? And I'm like, yeah, I sing. And he's like, hey, if you come to the youth group, um, we will put you on the worship team. <laughs> and so it was kind of like this ultimatum of, hey, if you come to the youth group, you can you can sing. And so I did, honestly, for that reason. And I fell in love with the youth group and immediately joined the worship team. I was about 11 at that time, I think, uh, maybe even 10. I was 10 or 11. I could figure out the exact age because I know how long ago it was. But math in my head is definitely not my thing. Um, but I was really young. And so anyway, Yeah, I think I was about around 11 years old and just kind of started on that worship team. And uh, the rest is really history. I started there and then they actually gave me an opportunity to lead uh, the junior high service. And so I was leading a little in high school, leading a lot in the junior high service, always on the team, joined the adult team at a crazy young age. And they just gave me opportunity after opportunity, got open so many doors. And I knew like this is what I love. And so anyway, then moving forward, they actually gave me an opportunity to lead at their campus. They were launching their first ever, it was their second campus. Uh, at that time, they only had one campus. So they were launching their new campus and they, they gave at that time myself and I was dating my now husband. And um, or actually, I think when they gave me the opportunity, I wasn't even dating him yet. And, and that came just shortly after. But anyway, I was 16. Uh, when that started. And yeah, I was 17 when we started dating. So I knew him, but we were not dating yet. And so anyway, started, you know, leading there and and launching a whole new campus. I think I just got uh, so much experience in that aspect. Um, You never knew what to expect. If there's any like church planners or anything out there, I am with you. I feel you. Um, It is a big job and it's a lot of work and it's a lot of discouragement. If we're being completely honest, there's a lot of days you have your highs where it's like, oh, we killing this thing. And then you have your lows where it's like, is anybody going to show up? And so that's really the church planting life. And really, we, we, um, we're so blessed to even play any kind of a role in that. They're doing amazing. And it's just it's such a privilege. So started leading there, led there for a while. And just really, again, it was in a small town, really just um, got a lot of experience uh, at that church in so many different ways. And so I love the people there. And so then moving forward, I, um, you know, Manny and I, my husband had started dating while we were at that church just at the very beginning. So 
he was with me throughout all of that. He started running sound and doing all of that stuff. And he is amazing at sound and technology and just doing all of that stuff. He's just really like the only reason I know how to record this podcast is because I'm married to Manny. <laughs> I would not um, know without him. He's taught me video editing and all of the things uh, that I know. And so he's, he's just great at that. So he always ran sound and, and really did so much. And we really teamed up. And I think that's when I realized more than ever before that this was the person that I was going to spend my life with because he was the most supportive. I mean, he he wanted to be in church probably even more than me. And so it was a huge blessing. And and um, it's just amazing, you know, coming from a family that was always in church just to have a husband who's totally supportive of that in the building and, and out. You know, it's more than just the building. So anyway, uh, moving forward, we um, were getting married. And when we were getting married, we knew we wanted to um, move out of Indiana. Nothing against Indiana. It's just something that we wanted to do. Um, I never went to college. And so my thing with college was, you know, I was already doing what I would have went to school for. And I would have had to take a break from doing what I was going to go to school for in order to go to school. And there's nothing wrong with college. My husband went to college. He has a bachelor's degree. Nothing wrong with it. Um, My family, lots of my family members have, you know, doctorates and different things my sister has a doctorate and so you know just lots of degrees and there's nothing wrong with it but for me I felt like you know what this is where God wants me at this church plant and you know God wants me to to help with this and I don't feel like I need to leave and so I didn't I never went and then um, you know when it was time we were getting married I we started to look at other places and since I'd never you know left for school my plan was always to go to Nashville to college and obviously, I, I didn't go to college. So I really wanted, um, I mean, like I even looked at, at Nashville schools and different things, but I really just wanted to kind of get out and um, see someplace else. You know, when you're raised in a small town, you just want to experience something else. And, and maybe some don't. And just for me, I really had this urge to just get out and kind of see some things. So when, you know, Manny being from London, it was obviously he was not bound to Indiana by any means. So he had come there actually on a soccer scholarship and uh, for college, and he was out of college at that point when we got married. So he was kind of, you know, not held there for any reason other than me. So when we decided to uh, move, I think it was just, it was a great choice for us. So we started applying for jobs, interviewed some places, did some fun stuff, ended up going out to Santa Fe, New Mexico for an interview audition process. Um, if you're kind of new at the whole ministry thing, you kind of go out usually for a weekend. They get to know you. It's very personal, to be honest. Like they get to know you on a personal level. You go to the usually the pastor's house. and It's very different from a, a casual interview that you might be used to. It's pretty intense and it lasts the whole weekend. So <laughs> it's, it's a little bit to deal with. Um, but if you're with the right people, it could be a lot of fun. So anyway, went out to Santa Fe, New Mexico for a weekend. My mom and sister actually came as well. They're amazing. And they just like came to support. And it's a far, far away. So we, we flew out there and, um, you know, interviewed there and ended up taking that job. Lived there for a couple years and met some of the most incredible people ever. And really, again, just continued, you know, loving what we do. And so then, you know, uh, after our time in New Mexico was over, we ended up again going through the process again and finding a place in Texas. Now, I wanted to stay more in the Midwest near family this time around. And I interviewed in Michigan and some different places, but uh, Texas was just where it was. That was where God wanted us to go. And so we ended up coming out to Texas again, falling in love and coming out here to a small town, which was something that I kind of 
you know, had had gotten out of in Santa Fe and was kind of happy for that, just if I'm being real. But then coming back here to this small town, it really does feel like home. And um, we're really happy here. So that's where we're at right now. Living in Texas, doing the whole ministry thing together. Um, the whole idea of this podcast is really just kind of the name of it's kind of a joke if you haven't noticed, you know, what's your real job? Because I think so many times people don't have um, the respect for people in ministry. And, you know, not that I'm like begging for respect or anything. I don't need everybody to understand what I do. But I do think, you know, it's it's always so interesting to see what people do with their job and to see, you know, I always do on YouTube, like a day in the life of a worship pastor. Um, And just to kind of see those different things. So in this podcast, I just really wanted to talk about maybe the different jobs in ministry and what worship pastors do. And, and like our specific job is worship and tech. So, you know, what do we do? Um, What does that look like? You know, and maybe even interview some other people, some other people in ministry, you know, what are, what are their, you know, biggest struggles right now, you know, during the quarantine even, or, or just all the time. I mean, to be honest, ministry can be hard and it can be really lonely if you don't surround yourself with people who get it. And so I want to be that space for everybody listening that maybe, you know, maybe you feel lonely and you feel like I know nobody else that's in ministry and all my friends think my job is a joke, but I'm working 24 seven and we're never off the clock and people are always needing something and we're so glad to be there for them. But it can be uh, emotionally draining if you're not continuously filling your cup. So, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. You have to fill your cup up. <laughs> that's a hard thing to say. Fill your cup up a little bit. And then then you're able to pour, you know, the excess to other people, but you can't just be drained and continue to pour out. So I think that that's a big thing in ministry. We all tend to do, you know, is just try to pour from an empty cup. So I just kind of wanted to go into what we're doing right now in this in this time of quarantine. So we are working uh, from home throughout the week. So we do normally at, at my church, we do office hours and we, you know, have Um, And there is leniency, you know, you can't reach people as well when you're just sitting in the office all day. So we do try to go to the coffee shop, you know, and try to do things to reach people. But also there are some logistical things that you have to do. So, you know, normally we're in the office uh, Monday through Thursday. And then obviously Sunday morning is just wild. You guys know. Um, And so anyway, you know, that's kind of what we do at my church. We've been working from home throughout the week. And then on Thursday evening, uh, afternoon, evening, we've been actually pre-recording our um, our services for the following Sunday. And we actually set them on Facebook to a Facebook premiere, uh, very similar to that of like a live video in the sense that you can uh, get on there and interact. You can comment. You know, people have that live interaction that I feel like, especially during this time, people are really craving, but also, you know, I'm not physically there on stage. So it's actually great because I run the social media for our church as well. So I'm able to actually sit there and actually have these conversations with people that honestly I wouldn't have on a normal Sunday morning. So I feel like even though we're social distancing, because it's not a wild Sunday where we're all crammed, you know, with such such busyness, it's actually causing me to be a little more social, you know, and I'm able to kind of specifically go through and pray over people's needs. So that's something I would encourage you to do. Don't get in this rut of, oh, I can't see people. 
they're going to forget about us. They're, you know, don't get in this rut. Get in this place where you say, hey, God, whatever you want me to do during this season, I'll do. Even if that's getting up on Sunday, watching our service and going through the comments and actually out loud, just sitting there and praying over each person that's in the comments. I think it can be a time that we can reach more people than we ever have as a church, you know, as the whole church, not just a specific church. So I think it's a time when churches are becoming more creative. I don't know about you guys, but, you know, we've had to maybe be a little more creative. We usually on Thursday evenings, uh, we were doing live streams before this, by the way. So we were thankfully set up for this type of situation. But we are pre-recording on Thursdays. And that actually, with the equipment that we have, gives us more ability to honestly make it more aesthetically pleasing, make it look a little better. We don't have all the equipment right now to do all the things, you know, on the fly on a live stream. So we're able to kind of make it look a little nicer. And I say we, but that's actually my husband. He edits um, our videos and that takes a while, to be honest. He edits on a on a small laptop, a MacBook. And um, so it's not always, you know, the quickest <laughs> for these massive files that we're editing. So anyway, uh, we edit on Final Cut Pro and, um, you know, able to go through. And if there's any music mishaps, you know, in the worship, we're kind of able to fix that a little bit. Obviously, you can't fix everything. But so that's kind of where we're at. Pre-recording, we launched a Spanish service, which is really awesome. I think it's so great. I don't think that, you know, um, just a language barrier should keep people from Jesus. So I think it's such a cool thing, you know, that we're able to still do that. So um, I'm trying to learn enough Spanish to be able to sing in Spanish a little bit. I've done it in New Mexico just like backup because I can kind of memorize, you know, enough to know uh, what to say in the song and don't really know what I'm actually saying. But I'm trying to, um, you know, get better, get better at, at that kind of thing. Wanting to learn Spanish, which is a huge thing. So anyway, you know, at this place of quarantine, I feel like it's really, um, I don't think God, you know, caused the coronavirus. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not going to say that, but I do think that he uses these things that seem bad and he turns them around for our good. You know, he even talks about that in his word. So I think many of us were at a place where complacency um, had seemed to almost be hard to veer away from. I don't know about you. Maybe it's because I was, you know, raised in church and I feel like that does give you kind of a different outlook and everybody has a different outlook, but um, I feel like it can be easy to feel like you're stuck going through the motions. You know, you're playing church, you're um, doing the same thing every week and it can be hard to, you know, not get stuck in this place. And so I think now we've almost had to veer away from that a little bit and actually reevaluate, hey, what are we doing and what's the purpose of everything we're doing? Does it have purpose or are we just doing it because you're supposed to? And so I've heard many people talking about, you know, getting back to normal, you know, or, oh, when this is all over and we go back to normal. And I do think, you know, eventually if we want to and we choose to, we probably could just fall right back into normal. But why? And so that's really the question that's been on my heart. What about normal was working? Because what I'm seeing is really, you know, we're reaching more people than, than we probably could have before. And, and we're doing some things differently. We're maybe being a little more creative as a church. I'm, my personality functions best in, in like a creative environment. So I love this creativity that's rising up out of the church right now. And so what is normal? You know, what, what, is, what is normal? I don't know. That's kind of what I've been asking myself just recently. And, and was normal, you know, was this normal thing truly the most effective way of ministry? You know, was normal actually normal? 
Or do we just put familiarity on a pedestal? And that's kind of something God spoke to me, you know, are you just kind of idolizing the familiar? You know, are you just kind of saying, well, it's church is supposed to look like this? Because when you look back in Acts, you know, and you look at the first church, it doesn't look in many ways like what we're doing right now. So is that, you know, is this normal that we speak of? Is it normal? And so that's really the question I wanted to pose to you guys today. I know we're all working hard. I think, you know, it kind of goes along with that. What's your real job thing? You know, people kind of always want to ask you, you know, what's your real job? What do you do? And if you say, oh, I'm a, a worship pastor, worship leader, music director, whatever your title is, um, I know they're all they're all different in many ways. But if you say, you know, your title, they always want to, oh, well, what else do you do? You know, <laughs> maybe you're even a youth pastor. I also do. My husband and I have been uh, filling in in the youth ministry. And so, you know, maybe you do that. And, and they're like, well, what do you really do, though? You know, what's your real job? And so, and I know there's other jobs, you know, people don't take it serious. So I think kind of going back to that whole thing right now, we're doing more than I think ever. And I see a lot of churches, you know, doing more than ever. I know Manny um, and I are just putting in, you know, countless hours and not to, not to even brag or to, you know, anything. I mean, it can be hard some days, but we are putting in a lot more effort and a lot more time. So um, I just want you guys to know that I see that and I, um, I appreciate each and every person that's in ministry out there. And I, I want this to be a space for us, you know, that we can talk and we can kind of, you know, if we have a rough weekend, I'm going to, or it's not really a weekend right now, I guess currently it's a Thursday night, but if we have a rough time, I'm going to come on here and be honest, you know, hey, this week I just was feeling discouraged. If it's amazing, I'll come on and I'll let you guys know, you know, that we had an amazing time. So um, what are some ways, this is just a little, I didn't really have notes. I just wanted this to be chatty, but I did make just a couple little things. Um, what are some ways to effectively utilize this time? And I think growing relationships. I think, again, we're social distancing, but we have more social platforms than ever before, quite literally, that we can reach our people. There are so many ways that we can reach people and in creative ways and in a time when people are looking for that and they're searching for that. And so I think it's a time people are really open to it. This goes also with your team. You know, make sure that you're not just getting your team there, you know, for a, a pre-recording and not talking to them again. I think that's always, but relationship is everything in ministry. It means literally everything. If you grow relationship with people, um, they're going to be your best team members. They're going to be your best, your best people. And you don't do it just to get something out of them, of course. But um, relationship truly means everything in ministry. Um, utilizing social media for more than just church invites. <laughs> I think that's another thing you can do if you, especially if you run your social media at your church. I watch an incredible um, guy that just really gives advice and things on YouTube. And his name's Brady Shearer. And I know a lot of you have probably heard of him, but he has an Instagram where he's always giving just, um, you know, great, great advice. And so he always talks about, you know, making sure that you're not just posting, hey, come to our, join our online service this weekend. Because people are looking to connect. You know, they're looking to relate. Um, people are looking, you know, for relatability over perfection or over some like highly produced service. And they're looking for relatability. Now, don't get me wrong. Your girl loves a highly produced service. I'm going to be honest. I think things need to be done with excellence to the best of your ability. You know, I mean, everybody has a different ability, right? Everybody's got a different budget. We all know that plays a big role in this thing. But, you know, I think God even talks about, you know, giving him things with excellence, not just kind of 
putting, you know, half an effort into it. But um, also utilizing social media for things like, hey, how can I pray for you? Funny things, you know, joking. I mean, just kind of lightening the mood a little bit. You can be creative on social media. It doesn't have to only be about uh, about church. So, um, and I think also allow serving to come before singing. You know, I've often... Um, heard and, and I was actually raised in a church that very much believed in this, that, you know, if you won't hold a broom and, and sweep the room out and do whatever else you need to do, then you don't really have a place in the platform. And so I think right now we're looking at a time where, you know, all divaness, it's probably not even a word, but all of that has to be put to the side. And we really start to see, hey, what are people needing? You know, what where, what is an area that I can serve, you know? Um, and it really does. It, it makes the biggest difference in the world. I mean, I know we all kind of joke about how maybe some of the older generation, you know, they have maybe some, you know, bones to pick with us worship pastors, particularly the younger ones, you know, maybe about the uh, volume levels. And I think just different generations uh, like and dislike very different things. And that's the way that works. But I think really you start to even cross those those boundaries of, of generational stuff, you know, that we have when you start to serve others and they start to know hey, this person cares about me on a deeper level than just, you know, they're not just a singer, but they're they're serving. And, you know, Jesus himself, he came to serve. And if the King of Kings has come to serve and he had literally so much to offer, but he chose to serve, then how much more <laughs> should we really like That's That's our calling is to serve. And um, so, yeah, look for ways that you can serve during this time, particularly. So, you know, the time of self-isolation, I know it, it's probably coming to an end before long. I mean, nobody, you know, nobody knows that for sure. We don't know an exact day. I know many states are kind of starting to reopen, and, and but yet they're not. And it's all confusing. And, you know, I'm, I'm right there with you. I don't get it really either. But right now, I'm just trying to almost steer clear of the media a little bit and and steer clear of all this stuff being thrown into my brain <laughs> and, and just kind of focus on God and say, God, I don't want to just wait to get back to normal, but I want to see what you're doing now. I don't want to miss the moment, you know, the present. It's even called the present. It's, it's almost a gift, right? I don't want to miss this moment because I'm so busy looking to the future and what's going to happen then. Because guess what? Then when you get to the future, you just keep looking forward and you never enjoy the moment. So I know this is a time that people are sick and there's things that are happening and, and we live in a broken world. And to be honest, it's, you know, things are always going to happen. And, and that's the unfortunate part. But the greatest part is we have this hope, you know, in Jesus and in who he is. And so let's carry ourselves with that hope. And so yeah, what's your real job? I mean, we're going to get into a lot more, you know, about what we do in ministry and what it looks like and and the loneliness that oftentimes comes along with it and and moving away. I know many people in ministry move away from family. I'm one of them. So maybe we'll talk about that a little bit. We'll just kind of go into some things, um, you know, about that. So anyways, thank you guys so much for joining me in this podcast. I will talk to you guys later. I hope you have an incredible day. Stay safe. Stay healthy. We'll see you later.